going on with the Crew 3 podcast. Most rock with you, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Jones, say hello. Hey, hey. What up? It's going good. We got uh, potentially the last Pioneer RCQ of the season. I found out two stores in the Houston, two stores in the Houston area snuck some in last minute, but nice. I'm uh, not sure if we'll be able to hit those up or not. So uh, the boys got together. We RCQ. Oh, yeah. It was a good time. I found a Turbo Man. I'm very excited about the Turbo Man. That's very fun. Yeah, Turbo Man was pretty dope. I also got my brother some uh, Christmas presents from the place across the way. Nice, 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 yeah. And then uh, I talked to the store owner a bit about Grand Archive, which, man, I tell you what, if you don't follow me on Twitter, Grand Archive spoilers are going on right now, and there's some crazy stuff. I think I've been more excited about, like, three cards of the Grand Archive spoilers than I have in, like, thinking about just, like, deck design and deck building by just, like, Grand Archive cards lately than I have just in any of, like, the recent Magic spoiler seasons. Sure. Sure, oh, man. Uh, yeah, I've Grand been, Archive, I mean, they're pretty much changing the game, you know? I've been kind of enjoying the train wreck that is Commander Masters. Yeah. Get your Talrans, everyone. Uh, we're going to print all the Eldrazi Titans, you know? Yeah. Little Mog, Kozilek, those all are them. All of them. All of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh it's unbelievable just like the random cards that are like like commander when you think commander you think powerful cards that were overlooked right you yeah. think about not ristic study nobody plays that card no who needs that and then it's like we've got a premium we've got a premium deck for you it's going to be a top tier deck it's going to be a hundred dollars but you're going to be right in the commander format. It's an aggressive slivers deck. It's five colors, Ooh. and it comes with twenty tap lands. Do we, do we get the, the the special sliver five color land? No, you don't get that one. Oh, oh. how much is that card worth now? Sixty dollars. Or if you were lucky and got a secret layer with one, it's what a hundred something or three hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, the first sliver from Modern Horizons one jumped from twenty dollars to like fifty now. It's like everybody's like, well, clearly. You put the slivers in the sliver deck. If you're going to charge people a hundred dollars, it's that it's got slivers in it, right? No, no. The hundred dollar yeah. planeswalker deck, though. There's some there's cards good. in there. The planeswalker deck actually looks good. It has literally like three tapped lands in the whole mana base. It yep. has every mana rock you could possibly play. It has uh-huh. like Karn's Bastion in the mana base. Chain Veil was included. Uh, another Chandra that you can't read the name of. That's fine. We don't need to read. We just planeswalk. Yeah. We, we uh, also, walk the, the Chandra card that's like, oh, uh, everyone I lost. Nissa and Ajani. And Jaya's on there, too. Yeah, yeah but you know. Ajani's basically dead. Is he? No. He's, a more, he's more alive than Nissa right now. I know. I don't know. That, that card's kind of interesting. Uh, but the Planeswalker deck is like, hey, for the new cards, we decided to print cards that make it easier for you to do planeswalker things. things yeah. Here's a guy that says you get a, a wall and players can only attack to the left, which Chris was oddly talking about on our trip home. Yeah. Chris was specifically talking about wanting cards that make players attack to the left or right. Yeah, or across, like attack specific players or something like that. So, just for politicking purposes. And then uh, I don't often plug his stuff. But Pleasant Kenobi released a great video today okay. of uh, 65 things you can purchase other than a Commander Masters box. Oh, good. They, they were pretty interesting. Uh, you know, top picks included, like, 
uh, two lifetime unlimited movie passes to the, whatever British cinema he goes to. <laughs> um, like box seats at a soccer game for two, yeah. players, two people, two players, nice. uh, an amount of caviar, oh. uh, which I thought was a funny turn. Uh, go, if we're going to go luxury cardboard, let's go real luxury, right? Let's yeah, sure. caviar. Let's do it. And then, uh, you know, like seven of board game geeks, top 10 board games. You know, speaking of prices, you know what I found out today? It's in booster boxes. What? Lorcana boxes are about $200. I see. I saw worse prices than that for Lorcana. Well, yeah, I'm sure like the secondary markup is going on them, but like I, the average price, like the regular price is like $200 or something like that. And it's just like, boy, they're, sh- they are leaning into we're a collector game, but also the game is not great. I'm not, look, we all know I was already, gonna, I was going to be on a Lorcana. Right. Uh, I'm luck, not. Luck, uh, well, I'm not now because the game looks gar- game looks garbage. Yeah, uh, I, I'm glad Grand Archive came along to save me. And like at least the One Piece game, like their packs are kind of regular price now. So mm. uh, hunting for shiny tokens is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, but Lorcana is going to be way too expensive to look for. Honestly, not that great looking cards. The cards don't look like fantastic. You yeah. don't want to play with all of the cheaters of Magic's past at your at your big tournaments. Uh, speaking of other, uh, new card games coming on the market that shouldn't be. Okay. I saw the Shadowverse card game. Oh. Oh my god. A game that took, like, what, six years to make it into paper? It's just the app. It's just the digital game. The, all the starter decks come with, like, a stack, like, this big of tokens. Every single creature in the game has a token version, so you can evolve it. None of the cards are double-faced, so you don't just, like flip it so it's reverse cryptic it is like it's like literally just like uh you know could you play hearthstone on paper you could yeah. right you shouldn't right, right? Okay. And they're like right. we finally printed enough paper we destroyed enough rainforest that you can play Shadowverse. Well, as as pointed in out in the discord do you know who is a lead, who's the lead designer of Shadowverse evolve is it shoda it is shoda he also made We Cross. Yeah, the waifu game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least that was like an original design. Yeah. I, I don't know what they added to uh to Shadowverse, right? Sure. Because I saw like exact cards coming over from yeah. it. And like they they did not include in the first set two of the factions. Uh-huh. Which thank God, because one of the factions they didn't include is Portalcraft. And mm. their mechanic is whether or not you have resonance and you have resonance whenever your deck is an even number. Oh, good. And I'm like, this would be absolute hell to play in paper. Yeah. You, you have to keep track of your deck every, every turn. Uh, huh. so, uh, they didn't, they did not bring that faction over. So, you know, they thought a little bit, not very much. They thought a little bit. So also, also real quick, uh, kind of cleanup step from last week. Um, some, we won't really backtrack on mailbags, but I do think it was deserves to miss this. We were talking about rare land cycles and pioneer. Um, it was pointed out. We didn't mention the hideaway lands. Those only tap for one color. Oh, so they're bad. I don't know. I just, I, I literally blank when I was asked what land cycle, I immediately only start thinking of like, though I did think of Valakut. Uh, I don't know why I skipped those. Yeah. Uh, I mean like. Only the white one is good, right? Yeah. 
And and we definitely mentioned them because I remember like specifically talking about like Slayer Stronghold and like the Valley of Drown Yard. The but the more I thought about like the Innistrad lands, like Gavity and that, I was like, oh man, Wolfram would be so sweet in Pioneer. Roll boats. That's right. Yeah. Roll boats. All right, so uh, this week's episode, we are going to go ahead and cover. We got three events. We got two challenges: the Pioneer 5K from the SCG Open. I don't have deck lists for the team side of things, and also it's a little awkward talking about team events because it's like you know the the, the Pioneer player can be carried by their teammates. So I usually don't like talking about about team events, but we do have to quickly shout out that uh, Discord member Wolfgar and his team uh, and their team did top sixteen that event. So give big congrats, round of applause. Yeah. Uh, to Wolfgar there. Also, Huge, uh, great job. Great job. Else I want to quickly point out, and this was brought up by uh, by Kevman in the Discord, that if you are looking to continue your Pioneer play as the RCQ season winds down and want to keep getting involved and like go into online play and explore, you know, isn't that great? Uh, but hey, guess what? Explore Anthology 2 is back in the store until September. So you can give them money for Explore Anthologies again. Uh, but anyway, as Kevman pointed out, uh, Pioneer prices because RCQ season is about to be over, and a lot of grinders aren't worried about the format until like closer to December when the regionals is. Uh, Pioneer card prices are going down on MitGo, and you can pretty much play a good chunk of the format for like a Mana Traders fifteen dollar monthly subscription. Or um, now is a good time to start just looking to pick up staples for Pioneer. So uh gonna definitely think about as we go on into uh post pioneer rcq season and things like modern starts to spin up so well this uh, episode thank, you, will, thank you for pointing that out kev man this episode will come out during the pro tour right uh it'll come out on third on friday so is there a pt this weekend yeah i think so yeah what mm-hmm. yeah the modern, modern pro tour this weekend oh barcelona right yeah yeah oh um over Didn't under you know? 20 copies of the one ring in top eight Ooh. over under 20 copies. Um, 20 copies. so the, so six players would have to be playing four of them. Five players. Is five 20. players. So we need oh, a six player four, to play yeah. one. Hmm. That's close. I think that's real close. I think I'm 20 under. is like the right number. You're on it. Optimist. No, I think it's 20. I think it's 20 or over. Like I could see some people maybe, Trying to get away with uh, with not trying to be like, oh, if there's some hot tech somebody discovers that's anti-ring, but there's not a ton of anti-ring tech that's not just Orcish Bowmaster, and then you would just want to play that anyway, you know? Right. Like, you might just be playing both of them, because there's a, there's a hot new Demir deck that plays both of those, because, like, the big tech is, like, playing Shieldred in the one ring. Yeah. Those two hold hands real good. Shieldred wears that ring with pride. You drop a bunch of cards, gain a million life, it, it just it negates you know, all You know what's a good but, card? Skullcrack. Yep. Skullcrack is a good card. Big true. Big, big true. But uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see what comes out of the Modern Portal. I'll be interested to watch. Because like I said, uh, I was kind of hoping to play Modern, but I'm not picking up a bunch of copies of the One Ring. It's just not something I feel like. So, um, some monkeys, but yeah. Yeah, this kind of also leads into, of course, August 7th is going to be our first yearly ban list. So not next week, up to the week after, we're probably going to do some, some ban list discussion, talk about uh, what we could see come off, what we could go on. So um, that that not next week, the week after's episode will be the big kind of band list focus episode. Um, also, that week will be is the fifth is also when they've said, "Hey, we'll have our big Gen Con panel." So I think that uh, the following week's episode on like that week of the seventh when the band list comes out, that'll be like band list reaction plus 
whatever they talk about at Gen Con. So whether or not that's the next remastered set on Arena, they're like mentioning a bunch of technologies. Who knows? We'll, we'll get a better lineup of kind of also the sets coming out. I want to see all drain. I do want to see all drain. I really Honestly, want to see all drain. Um, I'm just going to lay it out here. I've kind of been half interested in the Lord of the Rings set. And while I'm joking about the Commander Legends set, it's great because I don't care about it. Sure. So I'm just like sitting here like, man, it's got to have been a while since a Magic set's come out, right? <laughs> I know like we're getting inundated in, in absolute garbage fire products right now. But like, if you're a pioneer player, right? Yeah, you're living the life, right? You've been playing. You've been playing with uh, what was the last set? March. Yeah. Great set, I guess. Aftermath, right? Yeah. March was a great set, and you've just been like coasting on that high, you know. Yeah. And I'm uh, just now ready for the next set. The Discord's been having a lot of fun with historic, and while I will not indulge them, I will support them in their yep. their their enjoyment of, of historic. Apparently, Yog is getting ready to pop off. My only. My only good thing to say about Historic is I think it's the only chance where we get any kind of reigning in of the ring. Sure. There's no way that card gets banned. There's too much IP money in it. But, but I they already, see... they, They've already sold all their packs, so they, they the One Ring's been found, so we can ban it on August 7th. I can see on Historic only making a uh, errata to it. Uh-huh. So it says a decks may only contain one copy of the One Ring. One Ring. What I think they we, should do the first thing they've done ever, which is restrict a card, right? But not to one copy per player. Restrict it to the one guy who has the one ring. Oh, like, oh if you have the if you have the PSA nine, not ten, PSA nine Elvish version of the ring, you're allowed to play that one. But that's the only one. It's the one ring. So what if what if we just bring back like the old legend rule, like the original legend rule, just like I got oh, mine out first. If your opponent plays the ring, you lose the game. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> How about just one legend rule back so that if you play the ring, yeah, you'll get the cast trigger, right? Uh-huh. And then both rings will die. See, the problem is this doesn't work because we didn't already have uh, like a three man of the one ring a couple sets before. That right. is the perfect Seal answer to the four man. Yeah. Yeah. Bring back Planeswalker uniqueness rule. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then, uh, I mean, before we get going, also real quick, um, a million real quicks, right? But uh, also that RCQ we played. Uh, met a lot of awesome people who listen to the show. Met some people who are just now listening to the show. So uh, thank you once again. Pioneer, Pioneer community is always great to be out and playing events with. I tell you what. Did we do we want to talk about our, our experience at the RCQ real quick before we yeah, I mean, dive I, into I, the online events? So let's talk about – so let's go ahead and let's talk about uh, our RCQ experience. We'll talk about these events. And then the episode's going to end up with kind of uh, top five cards to think about playing cards. Top five cards you aren't playing – and then uh, we'll probably do a similar thing again post ban list, thinking about, hey, here are some cards that are just now opened up because they banned X whatever cards. So uh, yeah, Chris, why don't you go first on RCQ stuff? Yeah, yeah. The um, we started off pretty hot. We uh, we started off two zero, including um, we got turn five creativity uh, in games two and three of round one, and in game two there was nothing I could do. And in game three, we we had our one of soul partition. So well, I used real quick. What were you playing? What's that? Kind of, you're just talking about. I was on Boros Pia. I was on okay. Boros Pia. Obviously, obviously, I'm on the uh, I'm on the Pia deck. No, we, we had a lot of discussions about whether or not we were gonna play Phoenix or not. So we should I should have brought that up first. But I'm on the Boros Pia deck. Um, the deck's kind of evolved a little bit. I think we're getting a little bit too cute out there because I think like you do want to come out fast 
And then what I like about the Ren's Resolve stuff is that it gives you some extra reach. So I was just on kind of a stock list. I had some Bone Crusher Giants, which I think were fine. Um, a one of Soul Partition, but that is not what you fought the week during the weekend. No, no, but I mean, like they, they were okay, right? Like they were a four three body, Pulling which I thought teeth. was nice. Pulling teeth to get Chris to play real cards in his deck. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm right on this. A lot of people are cutting the card entirely. And um, again, I think I think it's one. It's a cheap card that you can play. Um, people are starting to pick up Runaway Steamkin, which has been um, been pretty fun. But it does slow your deck down a little bit. I wouldn't be cutting one drops for that. But if you want to cut Bone Crusher Giant for it, I suppose you could. People are but playing. Anyway. I've seen some people playing. Um, uh, what's the white one drop? Oh yeah, the thing that gets plus one plus one. If you yeah, play hope, hopeful, hopeful. And, uh, well, I was thinking like hopeful initiative. Oh, hopeful initiative. Yeah, I, I like hopeful initiative. I think that's a card that you could play depending on how many of like the kind of greedy um, Karuga deck is running around. Yeah, I face. There's a, a local player named Jacob who has been so far nice, cordial, um, good to play against, and plays at every RCQ I've seen him. And there's a local player here in the Austin area named Sam who plays it. So like, if you've got a lot of, you know, either, you know, whatever, um, like mono white that plays ossification or, or the, you know, Karuga deck running around, I mm-hmm. think it's totally fine to main deck that card. I think you can kind of modify to what you're expecting to see, but round one, like I said, we got lucky off finding the exiling the worm, which meant that was just GG. There was nothing that opponent could do at that point. Round two, I play against, I think Amanda Cassidy. And I think I just got, lucky uh, like my draw lined up really really well sure. uh, against um amanda's and it, it worked out in my favor and then i at that point if i win any of the next three rounds i'm locked for top eight uh round three i need to read Baseju, and uh and there was a bunch of people watching my game and nobody told me that like Baseju is one of the cards like it doesn't just kill your enchantment it also gets you a land <laughs> and you're yeah. also supposed to like it's you're also supposed it's to tell right. your opponent like, hey, you're allowed to get a land off this. And my opponent didn't, but they they claimed they didn't know and that was fine. They seemed, you know, fine enough. So if I'd have got a land, I would have been able to cast two spells because my opponent was uh, looping me with the the 8-8 creature that attacks and destroys stuff. City State Leveler. Yeah, City State Leveler and un- untapping that. So I lost that match in game three. I lost to Jacob in, uh, that was the Karuga Fires player in game three. And then last round I played against Steve and we had played to a draw. But before, you know, we before time was out, uh, Steve was like 2-0-2. So it technically undefeated, but it picked up two draws. Yeah. And we the game ended with me winning game two. So I scooped him up. Um, and then Steve went on to make the finals. So that was pretty much it for me. We needed to pick up some games. So my play was not perfect, but I really, really liked the Boros Pia deck. I think for my first time playing the the of like an event with Pia, I was pretty happy with my play. Um, there's a lot of things that I caught. There's plenty of things that I missed, but um, there's a most of the lines I think I took were were good. And I also remembered always to chain the rocks on a mountain so that like you don't get your your um, sacred foundation destroyed by a, a land effect. You can still get Besaidu because your enchantment can get Besaidu. Yeah, around that all day long. Never never came up, but I thought about it the first time I played it. I was like, don't put this on a shock land if you have the chance because that can get destroyed by a. Uh, by a you know ghost quarter type effect. So field of how about uh, how about you, Ruckman? Uh, so I managed to top eight. We of course uh, get the matchup against Monogram playing Racksack. We brought back the classic, uh, breaking out the uh, making the modern players jealous. Break out the foil cats, the new foil ovens. Right, right, right. Um, so we probably probably Racksack. Uh, unfortunately, lost the first round of top eight to Mono Green, but the lead up there uh, was some some good magic lost. Uh, 
in round one to blue white control off of just like I mulled a five game one and drew ten lands. Uh, game two, we effectively mulled the four and just like did not find lands. So you know, it's a real game of ma- real match of magic. Real match uh, And then we played against blue white control in round two, uh, but we were able to kind of get them to the point of uh, I won. I ground out game one. They got game two or. They got game one. I got the first post board game. Game two, they mulled the six on a two lander, and I got to go like Thoughtseize into Duress into yep. they didn't draw lands, and then they were out of spells at that point. And they finally played a Lyra, and I got to go, cool. Um, I'm going to sack this cat out of turn with my hand double in play. You're going to take one. Then we're going to go to my turn. I'm going to sack the food, get the cat back, deal one to Lyra. Um, sack cat, deal one to Lyra, sack food, get cat back, deal one to Lyra, uh, deadly dispute, sacking something, sacking extra food token we had, deal right. one to Lyra, sack the treasure token, deal one to Lyra. Drop Lyra pretty and, much. Yeah. Uh, that was the only spell they played that game. Right, yeah. right. There you go. There you go. Um, then in round three, I played the Rakdos sack mirror match um, where... That, let me tell you what, the Racksack Mirror match is some fun and never concede that matchup. Mayhem Devil. You just May- never know. You you never know. So that matchup was definitely just like I was literally I was on the back foot the entirety of our game one. Like it was in the position where they were the beatdown and we were just like trying to manage blockers, take as little damage as we could, make sure we answer their mayhem devils, until finally they're gassed out. We were able to start activating manlands and kind of getting in there and turning the game around. And a game, again, you know, you're looking at probably could concede, but we're just going to keep powering it out just because I, I have I have a lot of faith in the mirror match. I'm not going to say I'm like a perfect player, but I play the deck a lot that I feel like I can I can beat a lot of people in the mirror. Um, and then game two, uh, we brought in the one of mirror breaker of the Meat Hook Massacre. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think my opponent boarded out their hand disruption, and which you know what in in the usual Rakdos matchup, sure you don't want to keep the and when you're playing Rack mid against Rack mid, you don't want to keep those in. But in this matchup, you do. And um, well, we got to go turn one, thought sees them into turn two, the Meat Hook Massacre X equals zero, and uh, that's enough. <laughs> if you my, play the deck the way it was designed, you're going to lose the game. My my opponent looks at it and goes, "Huh?" And I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah." It's a cool card, huh? Um, and then round four, I played against uh, Michael on Mono White Humans, and that was probably the worst match I played all day, mostly because game two, um, there was. <laughs> There was a solid amount of toast in game two, where uh, I missed the Crocs in my yard of the whole game, and like three I, straight turns, and you were and, and, then, and then we also like both of us forgot there was a wedding announcement in play, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna wipe the board, and then someone's like, actually, you both are dumb. Everything has one extra toughness, and I'm like, oh yeah. I was supposed to sack that treasure token. <laughs> but then, you know, game three, we just played the casual thing of we're going to take and kill all your things. So I we, feel we like, it. and I'm not I'm not trying to be, you know, but the fact that opponent also put their cards in the yard yeah, means that they were acknowledging 
their toughness wasn't pumped, right? Sure. It's not like they can do that, right? Yeah. Because both players misrepresented the board state, I really do think the world of Takesies Backsies would take pity on a Zachariah Ruckman at that point in time. The world of Takesies Backsies does not exist for Zachariah and, Ruckman. And I think, <laughs> I think you were literally supposed to go back to the point where you cast. Sure. Nothing else had happened. So I yeah. think you get to go back and recast your Meat Hook Massacre. You just, have to say, you just have to say, I was pretty sure my opponent was representing their creature at the wrong amount of toughness. Yeah. So I do think that's where the world of Takes These Backs actually actually comes in there. But I think... Uh, well, the judging uh, staff on... I will say historically with the judging staff that was there, I will not get my Takes These Backs. Right. Um, but, you know, the three turns of just not casting your Croxa. That really did it. That's what really did it. I'm not, I'm just going to tell you straight up. That was that was what happened there. I will say, look, we, we got there in the end, but that was the biggest mess up of the day. Right. Because, like, even though there was the point of just like, oh, man, I forgot to play my land so I could fatal push this Pelucranos. That game didn't, that didn't matter. We were losing that match anyway. Yeah, when the, when the mono green player flips their Polkranos, yeah, you need to, you need to be able to steal and sack it. And if you can't, yeah. it's over. Yeah, so... Oh, well, you win some, you lose some. I had, it was a good event, though, nonetheless. Very, very good event. And uh, very, that's why I kind of just like, man, I don't want to play another one. We just kind of want to ride the high to the end of the season. For real, man. Play one more. Play one more. I'm a believer. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Supposedly, supposedly the sealed uh, Lord of the Rings one that's happening in San Antonio this weekend Uh currently has one signed up player. Wow. Well, look, anything – the one here that was, like, the $100 buy-in, that capped, so – Interesting. Right. And this was $50 to play Lord of the Rings Seal, which is a good we'll, – We'll see how sick I up. feel on Saturday morning. Exactly, cough, cough. exactly. Maybe, uh, maybe we're driving to San Antonio. I'm, like, I'm like telling my boss, I'm, like, I know you don't want to sit through a long, a long event, right? Yeah. But, I mean, if you just show up at, like, 9 and sort of – slink around and if you realize they've only got 10 players you know yeah hop in there you know hope to to open good rakdos cards yeah hope to open up uh orcish bowmasters get your entire entry fee back off of a rare right yeah ring. well uh yeah that will do it uh for our cqs let's talk about some of the other events that happened this weekend let's start off with uh oh i need to link you guys these events don't i still i have three of them we have challenges in five look at me Yep. Could be prepared. All right. Uh, in eighth place, we have Poker Wizard on mono black mid range. In seventh place, we have C Mac on mono green. In sixth place, we have Kazuga on Azorius Control. And this is the not the Lotus Field version. Uh, in fifth place, we have Boy Triton on Racto Sacrifice. In fourth place, we have Friend of the Show, Carnage Carts ENT on Rogues. Boy, something had to go wrong this weekend, huh? Uh, in third place, we have Kadepa 16 on Hidden Strings. In second place, we have Falero on Rakdosak. And in first place, we have X-File on Rakdosak. All right, well, we'll throw Carnage Bone here and talk about the deck that is the worst Spirits deck I've ever seen uh, because it's playing no Spirits. Uh, we got Rogues here. So we got four Thieves, Guild Enforcer, three Fairy Mastermind, four Soaring Thoughts, Thief, two Brazen Borrower. That's like a part-time Spirit. Uh, we, it gets invited to the parties every now and then. Uh, two Nighthawk Scavenger, two Shieldred the Apocalypse. Oh, that's that's why this deck made it. Shieldred's play, the best rogue. It, play, it plays Shieldred, right? Yeah. Uh, two Kaito Shizuki, two Invasion of Amonkhet. That's a spicy one, though. 
Uh, one cling to dust, three fatal push, one spell pierce, four thoughtsies, four giant of the lock, two go for the throat, one shoulders edict, 23 lands. So, uh, yeah, Rouges. What do you think about Rouges? I think Rouges is real close. I think, obviously, like, Children's a heck of a card. Um, even Nighthawk Scavenger, I think, is um I think other players decent, can play this you know? deck very well. What I, think think I think other players can play this deck really well. I have never succeeded with this deck. I just feel like I'm always, like, I'm, I'm the bad beatdown deck, or I'm the bad midrange deck, or I'm the bad control deck. The only time we've done well with this deck was when we got to Zareth San... Um, Olive. Olive. yeah, yeah, in standard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one spell pierce, oh, sometimes you just get them. I do like cling to dust, that's yeah. a necessity. You have to play it, or else you just lose to milling your opponent's good cards like Phoenix. Cling, right. cling to dust might be relevant in a segment later on th- this evening. Oh, this yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I want to talk about this mono black mid range deck. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, uh, poker was a break it down for us, Ricky. Kind of sick. We're playing like one tenacious underdog, four shieldred, and one tegrid god of fright, and no other creatures. Okay, sick. Uh, then we're playing four Liliana of the Veil, cling to dust, duress, fatal push, thought seize, heartless axe, shieldred's edict, two go blank main, one languish main, one bank buster, one meat hook massacre, and here we go four waste knot, one phyrexian arena. 25 lands that includes three, count them, three Gyre Reach Sanitarium. Ooh, gonna power up those Waste Knots. Yeah, let me tell you, this deck is kind of sick. Uh, prohibitively expensive because uh, Shieldred's, uh, you know, the place that runs you one box of Commander Masters. So, you know. <laughs> um, and then, you know, a Meat Hook Massacre, and then four Waste Knots, and then four Thoughtseize. Yeah, Thoughtseize, Lily, and Herborg. Yeah. Your monocolor deck here is... Uh... Thankfully, Kalidus is down to $8. Remember when that guy was like 30 bucks? Yeah, I do. Well, I was down to like 20 or less remember than 20 when, actually. Remember when Kalidus was the Shieldred of the format? Yeah, I do, yeah. I miss now those days. The of the format. I miss those days. We're playing just Turgrid's Lantern, right? Because I've lost to that card before. And... No, you cast the front side, and then you steal your opponent's cards. Oh, we're stealing opponent's cards. I mean, you play the front side, and then you thought seize them, right? And then you yeah. get to you get to free cast any card in their hand, right? Mm-hmm. Permanent card, sure. You know, I guess you could play Tegrid's Lantern if you want to. Why not, right? Yeah, let them have an answer. But I guess it gets uh, besieged. So, all right, after we've duressed their whole life away, right? Yeah, <laughs> then we Tegrid them. Then we get them. It's all ogre. Then we get him. It's all ogre now. Oh, uh, what else? Anything else kind of... Ooh, Boros Goblins in 20th place by Cute Chandra 19. Uh, four Cacophony Scamp, four Exuberant Fuseling, four Skirk Prospect, oh. four Battlecry Goblin, four Conspicuous Snoop, four Goblin Instigator, four Runevald Horde Master, three Wily Goblin, three Goblin Ringleader, three Rally the Ancestors. Gosh, my poor Sacred Foundries are just... They're just... They're in too many decks right now. Yeah, you know I can't I can't keep doing this right. Like I gotta I gotta move them to play modern. I gotta move them to play Pia. I gotta move them to play Boros Convoke. I gotta move them to play this Goblins deck. Apparently, if you if you get rid of the Sacred Foundry and the Four Rending Volley, this deck is a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, you know what what is what is even writing like 
you know, Inspiring Vantage is like 35 bucks, 13 bucks for four rending volleys, right? Yeah. Chain to the Rocks have finally gone up. Uh, this is a sick, sick little challenge here, you know? Yeah. Is he a Phoenix player? Oh, what's this, uh, what's this Jun deck at the bottom? Oh, Jun Sack. Jun Sack. Yeah. Okay. All right. Never mind. False alarm. Never mind. Yeah, who cares? Not cool. Next challenge. Right, let's move on to Sunday's challenge. In eighth place, we have Bull Zero Eye on Boros Pia. Yeah. In seventh place, we have TZO on Boros Pia. Look, come on, Goldfish. Can oh, we get Bone Crusher Giants? Look at him. He's renamed. Uh, sixth place, Pepe Team with Abs in Grease Fang. Fifth place, End Magus on Tumor Creativity. Fourth place, MJ underscore 23 on Auras. Let's go back to the deck list. The four color greed uh, build, too. Third place, Kenepa 16 on Lotus Field. Second place, Adam underscore T on Racksack. And first place, Kazuka on Azori's Control. And this is Yorian. Not the Lotus Field build. Yeah, this is Yorian. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about let's talk about four color auras in fourth place. So we got one Gigant, the Wallspring is our companion, four Glade Cover Scout, four Light Paws. Four Cyba Cryptomancer. That's the backup hexproof card for people who don't remember. Uh, one Aqueous Form, four Audacity of it all, two Cardition Solidarity, four Curious Possession, four Ethereal Armor, two Griff Spoon, one Kaya's Ghost Form. Is that fixed on Midgo yet? I think it might be. Two Sentinel's Eyes, three All That Glitters, one Alpha Authority, four Staggering Insight. Staggering, the Audacity of it all, you know? So we're bad, yeah. but we're playing Gigantha is what this is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're Bant, but we're playing Gigantha and also playing Kaya's Ghost, Kaya's Ghost Form. Form. Playing Kaya's Ghost Form. Mm. Which we never actually intend to cast, but we can because we're playing Mana Confluence. Yeah, I assume yes. we're searching for it. but um, So, some people just aren't ready. Yeah. <laughs> to just be completely honest, right? Sometimes, you know, you go Glade Cover Scout, and your opponent goes, can I read that card? You go, yeah. sure. And then you go Staggering Insight, and the game is just, like, over. Or even I mean, worse. Once you get, like, Aqueous Form or Griff's Boon, your guy, yeah. like, Racksack can't win. Right. Or you just, like, here's Audacity, here's Curious Obsession, and then turn three we're playing, like, an Ethereal Armor, and, you know, that's probably the game from there, right? Like, yeah. The Staggering Insight gives you lifelink, too. Yeah. This deck is hot. And then yeah. sometimes you just get paused out of the game, you know? Mm-hmm. I like to take a lot. I mean, you get another... You know, Cybo Cryptomancer, you know, has Hexproof anyway. And I think that's kind of a big one of just like, all right, we can set up, we can flash it in, you know, if you're, if you're afeard of something and Slip kind of go from there. Stubborn in the sideboard is hot. We are not losing anything. That's for sure. Uh, anything interesting in these two builds of Boros you want to talk about? I mean, looks like we're finally settled on four showdown because like, gosh, that card is so impressive whenever I see it in play. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a little bit of that slow side. Um, the eighth place list is playing the the runaway steamkin, which I've seen some people play along with um, Springleaf Drum, uh-huh. and that's just to kind of help accelerate you to to your other stuff. And but the combination of steamkin and Shredder of the Scalds was was pretty ridiculous. That was definitely something I saw um, on a stream today, and it was it was pretty huge. Um, some some lists are cutting the Kamano, but again, I think you have to realize at that point you're really slowing down your deck, which which you can choose to do, but you still have some amount of speed, even if you don't, you know. Even if you don't hit your showdowns or whatever, like you, you can just prowess off people off and get them pretty low, and then kind of mid range them the rest of the way down. And if you cut some one drops, you are looking to uh, 
to slow yourself down. Some people are cutting like the soul scar mage because it doesn't have haste for that oil counters guy that you can sack them and redraw four cards. Oh, the stoker, the forge or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that card's cute in like the slower version of the deck. But again, I think, I think you kind of got to pick a line. It's like, Hey, if you're going slower, I think a card like that's fine because you're really counting on like a steamkin and shredding all the scalds, um, you know, kind of comboing off. Right. Type situation. Uh, And that card's just a great way to be like, all right, well, I'm planning on getting to a bunch of mana anyway. You know, I I need to draw critical mass spells and functionally become a combo deck. And, I think you could do something like that there. It could have just been a cute, cute attempt, but I did like that cute attempt. But I think the other version, again, is, is all more of these one drops, and those have been treating me pretty well, so that's what I'm sticking on for now. Seventh place, Tazio's list. This is the list. This is what you want to play. Look at that Bone Crusher Giant. You're playing Play With Fire. Like, nice, easy, all four ofs, right? Showdown of the Scalds, 20 lands. Uh, the only thing I disagree with is three Alpine Moon. I think Alpine Moon is pretty bad it might be I really like destroy evil that's a card that i really like and in fact i would even take out the justice strike to like play three or more um there again there's just the enchantment decks that play like really rely on them and it's been really really hard and i think seeing one to two of those to kill temporary lockdowns or even just to kill a well-timed incarnation would would flip the match mm-hmm. um, and you do see a lot of your deck so when you play multiples of a card you you see it pretty frequently so I really like going up to like cutting an Alpine Moon, cutting a Justin Strike, play uh, three Destroy Evils. Because again, that toughness uh, getter, that also kills Shieldreds, right? It also kills Adelaine's, as Ricky was pointing out. So mm-hmm. um, I really like uh, I really like that card in general yeah. in Destroy Evil. I agree. Uh, this right. is the list where I would start. I would absolutely start with this kind of four of lower to the ground list and see how you like it and kind of adapt that to your metagame. Because again, you know, Bone Crusher Giant, as Ricky pointed out, does go two to the face. It does give you another body. Right. I mm-hmm. rarely got a counter off of it or really got a, rarely got a thopter off of it, but it is just a big beater. You know, the only thing it really loses to, again, is like a shield red um, that trades with most of the green creatures, except for Cavaliers and your big boys. So did like that. All right. Let's move on to the 5K. Let me give me a second to see if I can figure out the actual top eight order. I think we'll get who won, but we can figure out. That's Swiss. Uh, Hold on. Let's go to the source real quick. Let me give me one one second, everyone. We're going to the source. Huh? Fire shoes. Ricky, why don't you think Grease Fang is seeing more play? Because like a lot of these kind of greedy decks that I'm looking at just like died at 13 damage on turn three. Grease Fang has been like on a downtick because people are playing removal spells that kill it. Just the thing real spells. Don't get me wrong. Like Raxac, I'm sure is just like, hey, this has got a lot of fatal pushes that can be activated and things like that, right? right. Um, you get access to running volley to the board, but the rest of the decks in the field, you know, seem seem pretty good against it. But I suppose that Raxac has taken over a lot more of the metagame that uh, used to be inhibited by Rakdos mid. So I think just like in general, like a lot of graveyard hate has just sort of been added to a lot of uh, sideboards. Also, yeah. Like you're seeing a lot more Rest in Peace, a lot of Tormod's Crypt, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Like Mono Green and Raxac are like probably two of the biggest decks right now, and they are both really bad for Grease Fang. Makes right? sense. Makes sense. And then... A lot of it's just random jank just like dies to it, you know? Pia is not very good against uh, Grease Fang game one, right? Right. But like game two, they normally play like three to four rending volley on their sideboard. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I can't figure out the top eight order... Uh, but at least we know what the topic is. It looks pretty, pretty clean cut in the event. So uh, sorry, I don't know the final standings of these. 
but we have at 5-1 one and 1 at the end of Swiss, we have Tyler Nightingale on Azorius Lotus Field. Uh, in seventh place, you have Theodore Jung on Rakdos Sacrifice. Sixth place, Jordan Small on Azorius Spirits. Fifth place, Joseph Schuster on Atarka Red. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, fourth place, Michael Hadley on Azorius Control. Uh, third place, Island Ghost Sammy on Mono Green Devotion. Second place, Jeffrey Silver at 502 with Rakdos Midrange. And then uh, first place at the end of Swiss Rounds, uh, we have Deshaun Johnson uh, on Mono Humans at 502 as well. Oh my god. What's up? This Tarka Red list? Yeah. Plays one of Samet this year of Nakaman. We'll, we'll hear more about her later. About, uh, about Hasted Up Goodness? I love this card a lot. Yeah. And has written the sideboard? I'm in love. Yeah, this deck, this deck is sweet. It's four monsters, so three, four Phoenix Chick, three Legionellas, one Zergo Bell Striker, four Burning Tremissary, two Kari Zev, uh, four Darkness Bushwhacker, one somewhat, one Miglaws, four Kamana Faces Kakazan, uh, play with Fire, Lightning, Strike, a Targus Command. Targus Command, a card that didn't make my top five list, but almost did. Uh, this list is sick. This list is definitely dope, and I have most of it. Hmm. Mm. The cards get here in two weeks. I need. I still need to get that Legion Loyalist off of you. You do, actually. Yeah, actually, you should have done that when I was in town, but oh well. Should have, should have, would have, could have. All right, yeah. well, that is it for events from this last week. Now let's talk about... These are cards that people are playing. Let's talk about some cards that uh, you probably aren't playing or at least should be playing more of because, you know, at least a couple of my cards, they show up here and there, uh, but I feel like people just in general should be playing more of them. Uh, so we each have our top five cards. Uh, before we go over our top five, are there, are there cards that you're just kind of thinking about that just didn't quite make the list? I mean, I think there are a lot of cards that I was thinking of that, again, uh, maybe like a post-ban world are more than likely, but I'm talking like, I was thinking cards like Anna Fens of the Foremost. There, there are plenty of cards, I think, that are just like formerly powerhouse cards from standards past that are just like on the cusp of so, being playable. I'm going to tell you, I did not include any like obvious ones. So like I could like say, like my honorable mention would be like Voice Resurgence, right? Yeah. Brimaz, right? Sure. I feel like those are like the obvious ones. Yeah, I would think of like Nightpack Ambusher. Uh, see, that's more that's more obscure, right? I was sure. thinking about like the cards. Essentially, mostly the cards that I think of were like obvious or like the cards that got left behind when Winota got banned, right? Sure, sure, sure. Like those cards I kind of didn't include. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just going to post my list. Y'all can start looking. I've got an honorable yeah. mention. Yeah. What you got? Uh, my honorable mention was Silver Gill Adept. We gotta wait till Caverns of Ixalan. Right. We we gotta wait. I think it's coming up, but uh, a lot of the folks out there don't remember how powerful it is to just replace your replace your on curve beater with another card. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of effect is very very strong. It's still played in, in to my knowledge. I am not up to date on Legacy Merfolk or anything like that. But up until a couple of years ago, it was played in Modern Merfolk, Legacy Merfolk, all that just for its ability to redraw you. Um, as an incredibly powerful effect. So a card like that is very, very, very strong. And that was my honorable mention, especially because, again, there's just there's not currently a Merfolk deck out there, but there could be. Um, there could be soon, and there could be now. I mean, that's just a strong that I, a card that I think is incredibly strong, uh, generically strong, and, and and deserves the spot on the list. All right, well, let's, uh, let's start with the actual list. Who wants to go first? I guess I'll start a post of mine first. Sure. 
I'll start at my number five. Yep. Invasion of Tarkir. Ooh. Invasion of Tarkir is a two-mana red battle, Mythic Rare, from Martian Machine. Okay. Uh, oh, we pull, we'll pull it up real quick. I don't remember the exact wording, right? It's a battle. Um, we, we, don't, we don't read too many of them. When it comes into play, it deals damage. I think it deals two plus X damage to any target, where X is the number of dragons you reveal when you cast it. Okay. The backside, after dealing five damage to it, the backside is a 4-4 four, four flying trample dragon that says whenever a dragon you control attacks, it deals two damage to any target. And I think mid-range red has been gone for a while. Yeah. And I think if a certain um, story about certain goblins who may or may not have smashed various uh, decorative furniture, right? If those get banned, I think this card is very good. Sure. I think like Oath of Chandra has seen play for being a two mana burn spell that deals three damage with like medium upside, right? Mm-hmm. And this is kind of in the same vein. It only deals two damage, but it can deal more if you have dragons in your hand. And I think the dragon tribal deck is always very fun. Yeah. Uh, this card Shouldn't. flips. What are because like what are gold spans going for right now? They're like dirt cheap, right? Right, and uh, you know. Thunder Maw, unfortunately, is in M13. Yeah. It's one of those cards got, I'd really like to pull over, right? We still got Glorybringer and uh, what's the four mana one that like... We still got uh, the Thunderbreak Regent. Yeah, and uh, Storm Breath. Yep. So, and we've got Sheevan Devastator, which is a dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, uh, there's lots of cool dragons we could be playing, and there's a cool dragon Planeswalker and a cool dragon Battle, but uh, this is what I start with. I like it. All right, uh, my number five, um, again, saw, we already talked about one copy of it. Uh, Cling to Dust. I feel like more people should be playing Cling to Dust. I think that, what are you shaking your head at? No, don't play more graveyard removal. Leave <laughs> my graveyard alone. <laughs> I just think Cling, Cling to Dust is one of those cards that's just like, it's also just generically good when it's not just sideboard hate. So like, it's, it's one of those good cards that just kind of have like in a sideboard where you're, you know, you... You're up against a control matchup, and you just, like, need to trim cards, right? Like, you don't want all these removal spells and things like that in your deck. Like, it's one of those cards that just, I think it's just, there's nothing wrong with having just generically good cards that are also upside in other matchups where, again, you know, I want to board out, like, ten cards. Oops, I only have, like, four or five to really bring in. Uh, but now, you know, Clean to Dust might not be the best in the control matchup, but, like, Hey, if we get to hit like a memory deluge or even just like end step, we get to hit like a card of their yard and just keep filling our hand, keep uh, escaping it and things like that. I think it's a very relevant and a very powerful effect. I want to stop everything, right? Okay. I'm not going to reveal anything, right? But I'm looking at Ruckman's list. Okay. You just hate fun. Absolutely. I don't know. Hate, hate, hate. Uh, All right, we're moving on. Chris, what's right. your number Chris, five? Yeah. All right, my number five is uh, is a Shrapnel Blast, a card that we got in a recent anthology, but a uh, two mana five damage card is is pretty loco. And I think like I think if Karn gets banned, um, I think you want to have this card in in spades. I think there's a this this card also you know kills Shieldred. I think in before it was like all right, well you know I can kill these creatures with a lot of other red spells anyway. And I've got to sack something. Do I really want to like play that much energy to get the five damage? 
um, yeah, I mean, you, you can copy this spell. Um, there's a lot of ways with, um, with the Oni Cult Anvil, right? As it's I like, say, I it's, if, if Karn gets banned, I've got my Oni Cult ready to go, and four yeah. of these are going right at it. Yeah, I mean, this, again, the five damage is so huge. Like, again, you'd be surprised when, like, your opponent draws two of these. That's half your life, and that's a, a pretty killer one as far as, like, hey, just get into play whether or not you want to play um, synergies with prowess creatures because you're playing a lot of, like, token makers or whatever you want to do. Um or just, you know, you're just grinding people out, stealing their cards, sacking them, catting people, right? You can yeah. be catting people just fine and, and getting life that way. But it all of a sudden speeds that clock up a lot. Uh, but again, I do think that a lot of your artifact token makers are held back by Karn. I still think you could play them, especially at like a local event. I think this card is deserving of play. Uh, I used to see a lot of play in the red, bla- uh, the red blue um, scissors deck. So it has seen play in the format before. It's not never seen play. No but it has kind of gone away, and I think that five damage is is quite a bit. So I like Shrapnel Blast. Ricky, what you got? Number four, I have Salmut, Vizier of Tutankhamun, or whatever her, whatever she's the Vizier of. Of of Nakamut? Nakamut, Haste. Sure. The Vizier of Haste. Yeah, she is a red-green one for a 2-3 Haste first strike. Vigilance, maybe? Something. Yeah, like a lot of keywords. Uh-huh. Uh, first Strike, Vigilance, Haste, yeah. Why not? Uh, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, if that creature enters the battlefield this turn, you draw a card. Uh, this just sort of, like, really lets you go all-in in, like, all-in strategies and refill yeah. from your, like, hasted, like... Man, it's kind of, like, tough that the Red-White Convoke deck... It's kind of tight on its mana because of how few lands it plays. You can't play somewhat. But like being able to like make the three tokens off of the uh make the three tokens into the route like uh the bushwhacker mm-hmm. and then swing with four hasted bodies with Samut in play, maybe draw two to three cards, right? Refill your hand for after the board wipe. She also has a lot of relevant abilities. First strike means that she can face up against a shield rid. And win with a burn spell. Vigilance means that she's going to still block threaten Thalia. that uh, against the Shieldred if they just decide not to block, right? Mm. I like this card a lot in burn strategies, aggressive strategies like a Tarka Red. And I love the art of this card. I love the flavor text of this card. Um, this is the all haste, all red Hazaret world that I want to live in. Sure. Well, thank you for including a Bard class card in your list. Yeah. Sure. I, would do, I, I think Atarka Red should be playing this card. I think there's definitely a deck like there that um, that matches with what P is doing, where it's like, hey, I don't need to make uh, hasty tokens because I'm drawing more burn spells, right? Um, Swiss Spear has haste. There's a lot of there's a lot of cheap cards that have haste. Um, even your flipped Kakazan has haste, right? If you want to go that way, so there's a lot of cards that that have haste um, that this pairs really really well with that are just good on their own. Where it's like, hey, you draw your Samet, great. Um, if you don't, you're still an aggressive deck. Randomly, yeah. the goblin that gets made off of either Squee or the goblin made off of Den of the Bugbear, both will trigger uh, Samet. Yep. Uh, as well as the Leech human Moilith tokens. tokens. Uh, Leech made Moilith, goblin Rabble Master tokens. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, uh, right. yeah. yeah. So my number four, I hear about all this hastiness running around. See? <laughs> also, also if, you're, if, we're, if you're worried about people putting cats in ovens, there's another good card for that matchup. Uh, and that is going to be Authority of the Consoles for a single white mana. We're going to make sure every creature comes to play tap. And you're also going to gain a life. You're a hater. This was like when Boros was uh, was the Hogak, right? 
Yeah. And we're like, I'll just play this and win. And it's like, yeah, you will. You will beat the one Boros Convoke player you run into. Sure. And lose to every other deck you bring this in against. But again, I, I think, like, as Boros P still kicks around, like, shutting down the Thought just like, a turn can be pretty big. Um, and then, like, even if you're a creature-based deck, like, this card is so funny against Raksak because, number one, it's an enchantment, so they're not going to get it off the board. Number two, uh, it's it shuts down the cat side of the combo and in two ways. One, it makes so cat can't block unless they bring it back, uh, you know, unless they get a turn cycle with it. So it's they, it's really hard for them to kind of like sack, bring it back in the same cycle, and try to block with it. Right. Um, and then again, like the, the life gain is really relevant. So. Um, you know, you you get your your Redain shield out, you get an authority of the consoles out, and Rakdosak can't win. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yep. Are you ready for my number four? Yeah. Yes. This is a quick one, um, and this is something that I think, you know, a, a card from Ricky's list later, I think, uh, makes a lot of sense to me because this card they came were, up. Where I was thinking of uh, se- several several cards. I was thinking of. I also thought of this card too, Chris. Yeah. Uh, go like, along with Ricky's next pick as well some archetypes that don't see no don't get enough love and so this card is casualties of war um for six man as a sorcery we choose one or more so we can do all these we destroy an artifact creature enchantment land and planeswalker planeswalker is not the most popular card in this format but if you play this against mono green you might get every single one of those modes you know like wolf haven corn creature uh, uh, artifact in whatever they got with Karn, right? Mm-hmm. And a land. Um, that's probably the dream, but in, in most cases for our six mana, if like we're farewelling, this is a card that I, I do feel like kind of competes nicely with, with farewell um, in, in that slot, but we also can take out a land. So we can take out a key Nykthos, we can take out a key, um, if your opponent had two Chain of the Rocks, I mean, I don't know, if they put them on different lands because they're smart, you can get the land, you can get the uh, enchantment, so there's a lot of things you can do with this and whether or not it's mostly a sideboard card, which I, I have seen it in some sideboards. Um, I was thinking it more for like a main deck in, in like some kind of Golgari deck. There's a lot of Golgari cards that I wanted to put on this list. I could probably fill this list with Golgari cards. that just don't see play to be honest with you. Right. Like oh, man. Um, I see yeah. the list now. So like I'll put, uh, you know, we can, I can talk about an assassin's trophy. I can talk about a, uh, an abrupt decay. Abrupt decay was better when spirits was more around, but there's a lot of Golgari cards that just aren't getting enough love, and I think this is uh, definitely one of the ones that came to my mind as far as, like, man, this most decks are playing multiple card types right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sack has artifacts in Oven, um, certainly creatures and lands, but you're, you're usually hitting creatures and lands. You could be hitting multiple other types. So mm-hmm. just a card that came to my mind where I was like, man, six mana, not as hard as it used to be to get to, whether or not you're ramping or whatever else. So that was my uh, number four. My number three kind of tags onto that. Yep. Man, you know, Sacred Foundries, they've been getting around right now, you yep, know? Yeah, they do. Stock blood, is hot. Blood Crypts, lots of decks love Blood Crypt, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, people love their blue-white lands off the Copium, right? Yep. We got Lotus Field playing the Breeding Pool, you know? But, uh, you know, you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, right? Right. But do you recall Overgrown Tomb? Mm-hmm. And Kofari I, 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 I remember... The- as the I entire concept. Staring uh, forlornly in the distance. It's like a two of in Grease Fang list right now, and maybe three of, and that's it. And there need to be more overgrown tomb decks. And I think that just like it's part of the fable problem is that like 
you're always better off playing a mid-range graveyard deck in Rakdos than you are trying to play any sort of green-black deck. Play a mid-range graveyard deck in Golgari. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, the Sultai decks are kind of all combo fests, really. Yeah. They're not really grindy decks, so, like, there's no Cheville, there's no Vraska, there's no yeah. Winding Constrictor Energy deck. Like, I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, we need no, more I'm, with, tomb I, I'm with you. Like I said, you know, I I was just thinking about like, can I just say Golgari decks? And Ricky did it for me. Uh, I did. Chris, I was like, Chris mentioned Chris mentioned Calgary's award. I also thought about Abrupt Decay. Um, I just there are a lot of cards that I just like. That's why I was like, maybe we'll kind of revisit this if there's a big band shakeup because like there are a lot of cards I wanted to mention. But I was just like, man, but you just with the Fable Expert around, it's so hard. If Glissa Sunslayer was a two four. I think we'd be playing that deck. I think, unfortunately, it dies to the three damage rule spells in a braid and fiery impulse. And that ends up being like too big of a downside because that is like one of my top five strongest creatures in Pioneer, right? You got your shieldreds, um, I think, that are up there. But as far as like impact on the board, Holebreaker Horse still up there for me. And, and Glissa just does so much, right? If there's nothing for you to kill of theirs, then you, you get to draw a card. Which is again we'll talk about it with Silvergill Adept cards that replace themselves are huge, but if they're playing any other you know permanents, I think it doesn't kill artifacts. I think it gets enchantments, but um, a lot of enchantments running around right now, and Gliss is a, a key card I think for that. So I like the call. Just put Overgrown Tomb on there because why why are we not playing Golgari? Uh, all right, my number three uh, again. Look, Rakdos players, hands you, off my you're, brain. You're sh- <laughs> you're Rakdos players. You struggle in some of these matchups that like. You should like look. Actually, don't 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 tech out for the cat matchup any harder, please. Uh, but if you are having problems with this and you want to help short some other matchups, like uh, I don't know, maybe Boros Pia in their Chain of the Rocks, you can't answer. Uh, also, wipe all their thoughts at the same time. Play more hidden suit consumes all. Are you saying that if you're having cat problems, you feel bad for me, son? You've got ninety nine <laughs> problems, but Hidgitsu is not one. Bra- round of applause! A round of applause! Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. I mean, this card, like, is always one of those cards that just, I think, always deserves, especially if you play Rackers mid-range, should be a one or two of slot in your sideboard. Like, it just wipes up so many incidental things. And then, hey, Exiling Graveyards, not bad. And then the third one is just, just a big beater. Like, it, yep. the card is always impressive to me whenever I play it. Yep. The card Fair was, enough. like, $25 when it came out. Yeah. Is it really? Now it's, it like, was. nothing. Now yeah. it's, like, nothing. Okay. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, my number three is Emrakul, the promised end. See overgrown tomb. Yeah. 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 It, it, this, this card wins games. Um, it, it is pretty rare that you get to resolve this card and not totally destroy your opponent's game plan. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of interaction running around right now. Contrary to popular belief, there's a lot of interactive cards. There's a lot of sacking things going on. There's a lot of ways that you can hurt yourself if you play bad. Um, so I think this card is way less often to just be like, oh, look, I get to run your creature into my creature and kill it. At a minimum, you get to you get to make a really good block and remove whatever your opponent's best creature is. Um, but hopefully it's not a shield or you're attacking in to kill your own your own Emrakul. But usually speaking, this card can do a lot of damage. And I think you can cast it pretty early in today's format with how many, again, different card types are around. Um, I still think that the Colossal Sky Turtle 
is a card that, that, you know, I guess speaking of cards that didn't see any play that probably could see play to help your delirium. It's a creature enchantment and the channel effects on those are insane. But we just got a bunch of channel cards that I think are pretty decent and they, they pair really, really well with this card. But this is the card that I was thinking of as far as like, kind of like the game ender in just grindy decks. It's like, well, I mean, I've got eight mana and a few card types in the board or in the yard. Boom, here we go. Um, and this card's got protection from instance. So, you know, um, it gets chained to rocks, but that's, a, that's about what kills it um, right now. I guess, you know, you get your board sweeps and whatnot, but sure. it doesn't get got by most of the removal in the format, right? It's it's a pretty uh, pretty chonky boy. So that was my number three, just for like a big game ender that can really ruin people's plans. You can insert the nom flashbacks behind me right now, right? Right, we're right. Let me tell you, Chris, I hate this card to no end. Uh, I respect this decision. I respect this decision. <laughs> But I played standard with this card when sure. it was ubiquitous, right? Yeah, yeah. And everybody played four copies or three copies. And like, Emrakul, the promise this game is never going to end. It's <laughs> like, sure, I'll sure. play Emrakul. And then I look at your hand and I see that you have an Emrakul. So I'll like play all the bad cards I can play and then pass to you. And then you play your Emrakul. And then you take my turn. And then I get a turn. And then I crash our Emrakuls and it's just, it doesn't end. It never ends. I'm glad this card is not seeing a lot of play. I can let it see some play, right? but right. I never ever want to run Emrakuls into each other ever again in my life. And I right, right now you wouldn't be right now. You wouldn't be, but I, I do hear the card really can cause problems. You know? Yeah. Cause like if your opponent has children in play and you play Emrakul, you can't not gain them the life for drawing the extra card. You uh, can't really run it into the Emrakul because of Death Touch. Right. And so it's like, like maybe you can find a go for the throat in their hand and kill their own sh- Shildred. Uh, you also, because of Sagas right now, you can't like have them not Saga. Mm-hmm. Sure. They, sure. They have to Saga. It's like giving them an extra turn, even if you control it. There's some pieces to that that aren't very good. I mean, granted, you can discard their best cards but they still have to draw two more, right? Mm. No, it's fair. I mean, also, the, you, you know, you're giving an extra turn to, to swap the third thing of Fables. Like, if it if it did transform on that turn, on their right. bonus turn, it gets to do its thing. Right. Um, but I assume in this thing, you know, again, the game's gone pretty late, right? right. And we're kind of hammering it out. So, uh, so this is just a big creature that whether or not you cheat it out or whether or not you whatever, you know? Right. I like this pick, though. All right, Ruffin, what's your number two? Uh, Ricky gets his number two. My number two is Thought Not Seer. Ooh, that's a good one. AKA Reality Smasher. AKA maybe Matter Reshaper. Maybe. Maybe. Like, we got all the pain lands, right? Mm-hmm. So we can cast these guys pretty easy now in any sure. color combination we want to play them in, right? We've got like cards like Wasteland Strangler and stuff like that. And we've got every way to exile things ever. I think this deck is really close. I think like a black white Eldrazi deck is pretty close. It does not have Eldrazi Temple. Or you don't have to play green for like the ramp though? Why do we need to ramp? I don't know. Like I think just playing Thought Not Seer on turn four is like fine, right? Wasteland sure. Strangler is also like a pretty insane card. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wasteland Strangler also interacts really, really fun with the PNX running around. In case oh, you didn't yeah. know, Wasteland Strangler is a three drop uh, that when it comes into play, you may choose a card an opponent owns in exile and put it in their graveyard. And if you do, you give it, give a creature minus three, minus three until let it turn. So you can put one of their cards that's been exiled with showdown or with Ren's resolve that they're planning on playing next turn. Right. 
mm-hmm. and just put that baby right in their graveyard and kill their Pia. What right? if you combo Wasteland Strangler with Invasion of Gobacon? You can. We can do that. Or with uh, Paulo. Yeah. Um, which is really fun also, right? If we're calling out Shieldreds, right, and how they interact with our cards, our Thought Nuts here does not does not stack up well to a Shieldred. That's all. This that, is truth. Fun. This is truth. I, 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 I do like Thought Nuts here. Unless we're on the play, which is what yeah, kind of thought nuts here. Right, right, right. right. Then we're exiling Shieldred with Thought Nuts here, right? Yep. I just think that the black-white Eldrazi deck is really close, and I don't know if that close needs, like, a random land that accelerates us, or if it needs just, like, some cards to get banned, but this is a card that I think about a lot. Um, I think if they ever do lose their minds and print the Tron lands into Pioneer, that uh, the Eldrazi deck will see play, for sure. We could play, like, Vanishing Verse and stuff like that, like, oh... Yeah, play you're D, into this play, deck already. I, I'm actually so into this deck. Are you ordering your Wasteland Stranglers as we speak? Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, keep talking, keep, keep this deck, let's go on. Yeah, 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 I'm just saying, like, oh, you know, you got Blight Herder, right? The, the yeah. card that, that lets you process to give, to get a bunch of tokens, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think this deck is sick, and it's really close, so it's a card I say people need to play more of. All right, number two... Archon of Amiria. Stop hating. Nobody plays basic lands in this format, so punish them even oh harder for it. God. Also, those Pia decks, they want to cast a lot of spells. Don't let them. Ruckman who hurt you. Everyone. Yeah. And they clearly, feel the pain. clearly, every aggro deck ever, <laughs> Ruckman is against. That I also play. Right, yeah. Ruckman saw my deck from the RCQ and was like, I want to hate on exactly that. I would like to destroy Chris. Chris making me buy Oko's and then them getting banned. <laughs> right. exactly. Are you ready great. for the big year moment where they unban Oko and Modern to stop the one ring? I'm so ready to elk my own ring so it stops killing me. <laughs> yep. Like, this is, it's so stupid. This is exactly how we don't do this. Yep. yep. All right, you ready for my number two? Yeah, I'm ready for your number two. All right. Ricky, Ricky's loading up the thoughts right now. Ricky's loading them up. He's he's putting them. Uh, he's putting them in. My number two is Weir of Invention. Were, were, let's we Mere. we are of invention. Now we were of invention. Exactly. Okay? Past yeah. tense. Past tense. We were we were of invention. It's okay. Uh, for triple blue and X with improvise, we search our library for an artifact that costs X or less and put it into play. Um, there's a couple, you know. Other formats, this card is like... There's, like pretty... there's a card in the room, though. There's a card in the room. There's a card in the room. That's for sure. That's for sure. But um, I don't I don't let Karn stop all my dreams, you know? And I sometimes the artifact is good enough. Sometimes our artifact is uh, is a permanent that destroys Karn. Sometimes it's it's whatever else. Um, sometimes it's a Aetherworks Marvel, right? Um, which is where I think this, this could probably slot in the best as far as like finding our combo pieces that are artifacts and going from there. You could theoretically also find an Ozolith if you wanted to. Um, whatever whatever you're trying to get up to, this card, you know, tutoring for artifacts in every other format is pretty strong. And usually there's a lot of restrictions to it or they're banned or they're whatever. Not in our format. Not in our format. And there's a lot of, like, the format's a little bit slower. Um, but, like, Woodworker's Puzzle Knot works really well with this card, right? As cards we want to tap. Um, portable Hole 
portable hole is an artifact that comes into play, gets something, and then conveniently gets to improvise for a weird invention. Glass casket, there's another portable hole I think that costs two that's an artifact that also can tap um, for improvise on this. So there's a lot of really, really cute cards that come into play and remove stuff or do stuff just as being an artifact that can then you, you'll get our weird invention to go, you know, tutor. We can tutor up portable hole. We can tutor up glass caskets. There's a lot of things we can do. Um, with this card that make it really, really flexible and really, really powerful with the additional ability to reduce costs that I think makes this card like, you know, my, at least it makes it number two for me. If it tells you how powerful I think this card is versus how much play it's seeing, uh, we mentions a card that I really, really, really like. I love this card. To me, the one thing that's always brought it down a little bit, right, mm-hmm. is that your blue artifacts can't reduce the blue cost like Court of Calling can. Mm-hmm. Sure. But... I still think this card's really good and it's just like waiting for some weird deck that it needs, right? Yep. Or a non-Karn, right? Yeah. Right. I used to play this in like the mono blue storm mm-hmm. deck, like the Paradox right. deck, right? It was like you found your Aetherworks Marvel, you found your Paradox Engine, or you found your uh, Statuary with this card, right? Sure. But uh, nowadays in a Karn world, Karn does all that for you. While also yep. turning off your opponent's artifacts. Yeah. So we might as well play Karn if we're playing an artifact combo deck. True. You know, which is also the best card against you. Which is terrible. If, you're playing, if you're playing Karn, we might as well play the one ring. Exactly. I, I hate <laughs> Karn so much. It's the worst design card I've ever seen in my life that might not. Yeah. Artifact yeah. cards are rough. All right. All right. Number ones. Number ones. All right. I got one for you. This is good. I like this one. I like this one, Ricky. I like this Sphinx's one a lot. Sphinx's Tutelage. This is a good one. This card, people don't respect it. People don't respect it. I used to play this in my old Phoenix build way back when. It was like, how do you beat Rakdos? Uh, it's easy. You just become a control deck, and you play Sphinx's Tutelage. Yeah. Uh, Sphinx's Tutelage is a three-mana blue enchantment that says whenever you draw a card, target player, target opponent, mills two cards. If those two cards share a color... Repeat the process, right? It also says six mana, draw a card, discard a card. Hopefully we don't get desperate enough for that. Uh, but with Treasure Cruise being able to draw us three cards and then also mill our opponent like at least six, but probably eight to ten cards, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this card is like a great secondary answer and Rakdos really just can't answer it. They have to thought seize it out of your hand. The trick is keeping yourself alive. I stopped playing this card ever since Graveyard Trespasser became really tough to get off the board. Mm-hmm. And then when Shieldred came around, it was long gone. But maybe it's time to bring it back. A lot of decks are drawing a lot of cards right now. Yeah, They don't think about their deck emptying out. Maybe it's time we put the Fear of God back in them, right? Also, was just the fun standard deck back in the day? Oh, it was the most fun standard like, deck in the day. Like Alhambra. Alhamrit's archive and stuff like that. Oh like, yeah, that was oh, fun. Oh, this is great. Jace Vern's Prodigy. We played the uh, there's like a random two mana spell mastery. Tap two creatures. If you had spell mastery, they stay yeah. tapped. And like we just played Whelming Wave. Is our Whelming round. Wave. And, and then just, and then and then when uh, Innistrad came out, you had the um, Fevered Visions or whatever. Yeah, Fevered Visions. Yep. Yeah, but uh, this was. It's such a fun card. People know, yeah. know what it does. And it can legitimately win you games if you're playing a control deck or a blue-red draw a bunch of cards deck. I think, honestly, creativity 
this could be a good card to end games for you. Uh, sure. Because it doesn't get hit. I don't think creativity hits enchantments, right? It's artifacts, it's artifacts and, and creatures. Creatures, yeah. So you can play this safely as like an alt win con. Uh, and it's really good against control decks if you can resolve it. They have to answer it quickly, right? Uh, I just like this card. It does not, doesn't do well with pieces of the puzzle. Does not does not synergize there. But, yeah. you know, what can you do? Still. It's a card I think needs to see more play. All right. Um, my number one recently got reprinted in an anthology, Voice of Resurgence. Again, yeah. Ricky kind of talked about it, kind of got abandoned post-Winota ban. But, I mean... Card's good. <sighs> card is so good, right? I This is another card that just, like, it wants a shell. This is, like... Either we just define like a, a show that's built around this card because just like playing just like so good such as, as good right now just because of again how how good all of the like fable mid range decks are but oh, this card is so close and and I think the times we have seen it it looks very impressive. Yep. Just play just play Naya Fable. Yeah. You know Naya Fable well. with Resurgence. Why not copy Resurgence? You know. Yeah. And then sack it before it, it goes away, so you get the cool token. Yeah, I don't know. This card's really sick. Uh, punishes people who want to play reactively on your turn. Uh, punishes people who want to like just uh, kill your guy with spot removal. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, just a punishing card. Like every card on Ruckman's list, Ruckman wants you to hate on your opponent more. He wants us to live in a saltier universe. That's fine. Uh, I, I I do think this card's very good. Pioneer are too fun. We enjoy ourselves too much. Right. It's it's a, my life has been too good recently. You know. All yeah. right, Chris, your last card. My number one card is uh, Collected Company. Oh. Yeah, the, a little bit of a cheat because it's, it's definitely seen play in Pioneer before. Um, but Ricky kind of pointed out a couple episodes ago where he was talking about like, well, Collected Company is so good in other formats because it can win you the game, and in this format, it can't. Um, which I think I think is kind of the key to the card, and technically Angel still plays it, but I haven't seen Angels uh, around in a while, right? It, 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 you sat it next to it twice. What's that? You sat next to it twice. Uh, I think it was the same. Well, it was the same guy. Right, but yeah, there, twice. there were two Angel players. They're still. Yeah, there were. Uh, I was the one, but if you're playing it out there, then again, uh, you still play this card. But it's the only it's the only deck that even kind of plays it, and uh, it's not around as much anymore. So, weirdly well, enough, that top thirty two that we saw, the thirty second place, we were like, oh, it's Jun Sack played it because you know this obviously gets you mayhem devil yeah. and things like that, and that's kind of where I was really looking for this card. Is like, yeah. you know, this card gets there, it also gets reflector mage. There's a lot of really cute cards that we used to see it. You used to see it in spirits and things like that. But this card has just kind of gone away. And again, the, the card is just insanely powerful. You know, getting yeah. six mana worth of creatures at instant speed is obviously the dream, and you can't always do it. But um, I think it's fine. I, I think they've gone down a, a decent little chunk, right? Anybody know the price on that off the top of their head? But don't you want to get 10 mana worth of permanence for five mana? On yeah. Right. I hear, you. I hear you. You can do something like that. But if we're if we're in a creature deck, this is obviously one that you know we're trying to curve out earlier. And um, and this kind of fits that bill. So this is a card that I think has a lot of potential for how powerful it can be. I think it'll depend on obviously what kind of creatures get we can get if we get really powerful two mana cards that we really want to hit off this. But you're really looking for threes, and I think that's kind of the what holds oh. back in addition to just how much card advantage we see in the format right now. But again, you know, you can you get a chance to load up the board, attack with it, and if your opponent wipes or has answers, instant speed, you can replenish if they start doing things like Chain of the Roxing, Wrathing, things like that. And um, that's where I see this card being really good, right? Um, playing it as an in-step as a combo kill, where it's like, hey, most of the steel effects are sorcery speed. 
So boom, I'll haste in some guys and uh, and get busy and hopefully put you under, under enough pressure that you can't you don't have enough steel my creature effects to win. So um, a lot of cards that I think you know could pair really well with this. That it's it's probably not its time to shine yet, but just a really really powerful card that's kind of gone by the wayside. So just like real life, angels might have all the star players, but it can't catch a dub. That's it. Ooh. That's it. Ooh, good one. Good one. Played best on your upkeep. Obviously, we haven't made that joke this episode yet. So you know, yeah, you can cast it, and you can find Shohei and Mike Trout. Doesn't mean you're going to win the game. You know, that's right. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, that will do it for this week's episode. Uh, before, of course, we end things, we got to go thank our supporters Patreon, patreon.com slash crew three mtg. We got several great tiers available. We've got lots of fun stuff coming out there. Uh, and if you're looking for some uh, actually just generally accessible to everyone content on the Patreon. Uh, later this week and early next week, we'll be dropping the um, the Speed Racer audio commentary, and the video will go up on YouTube. Want to want to buckle up for a great time? God, Here, I almost forgot about that. Ricky, just complain about visual transitions. Man, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but of course, you know, this is uh, all part of our our really cashing in the stuff. Uh, from Extra Life last year in the lead-up to Ruckman has to play three games a week before he can rage quit. Yep. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, don't know when that's going to be. Uh, but it'll definitely be before November. They forget first week of November. So I'll be looking out for when we start talking about Extra Life plans for next for this year, rather. Uh, we're going to do things a little differently this year with the giveaways and stuff like that. But that's going to give more people chances to be involved and things like that. So it should be a lot of fun. We'll still have the giveaways. We'll still have all the fun goals on things like that. Uh, I love doing the movie commentaries of that with the guys. Uh, of course, that's not uh, Patreon. Of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Uh, several great ways to support us. And uh, no matter what tier you join, you can access the Patreon channel where we can ask for episodes, for ideas for episodes and things like that. Uh, and you also get access to the Patreon mailbag. You ask questions, sounds like this. This comes from Minjisku Podcast Shoutouts. What are some of your favorite podcasts, magic or otherwise? Spread the love and shout them out. Other podcasts that I would listen to. Other podcasts you listen to. Uh, I've got I've got self. You guys want to take a second to think. Uh, so podcast wise, of course, uh, we uh, the only actually it's the only real mag- other magic podcast I listen to right now. So I try to tend to stick away from magic content just to keep my thoughts kind of my own. Um, and that is, of course, Bridger Shoxies. Listen to him interview all those wonderful people. If you look for non magic content. I can't recommend uh, the Weekly Planet enough. It's kind of a uh, movies and tv shows and all that kind of nerd culture stuff uh i also listen to kind of funnies in review podcast and then um i've got off a lot of podcasts just i'm kind of going to more long form youtube channels um so if you want some good long form youtube channels i recommend um if you're looking for like 40k stuff luton 09 oculus imperia are very good like 40k also kind of uh, those are lore podcasts fun podcast for 40k uh is the poor hammer podcast uh, they kind of do like some budget stuff. And then I also want to talk about um, great like long form YouTubers like Defunct Land, uh, H-Bomber Guy and just stuff like that. And really just kind of deep diving in into topics. What about you guys? The only podcast I kind of still listen to pretty consistently is like the Dead Meat podcast. Mm-hmm. I used to listen kind of religiously to the Next Level podcast, but I don't even think it exists anymore. I don't think uh, so either. No. And the game which also I don't think exists anymore. Those are my two big magic podcasts. And when they went away, I kind of stopped. Um, but like, uh, listen to dead meat podcast quite a bit. 
And uh, honestly, I was uh, I was spending so much time making dumb podcasts. Sure. Uh, not this one. Other stupider podcasts that I I, I was doing that I kind of like got turned off podcasts for quite a while. Yeah. But I will still listen to Dead Meat. They're a horror podcast mm-hmm. uh, that they go over different horror movies and stuff like that. They're really fun. They go to all the Fright Nights at like all the different places that do like Fright Night and stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um. As far as I go, again, same thing. Like I, I like to keep our our thoughts our own. So I mostly play magic and then and then come on here and look at stuff. But um, a lot of people have recommended the Faithless Brewing podcast is one that's pretty fun, and the the guys on there seem um, pretty nice. Um, outside of magic, um, I listen to my brother, my brother and me. Yeah, that's oh, a good one. Man, which, is, yeah. Uh, which is kind of a fun one. Uh, mostly, I like to laugh outside of my magic stuff. So my brother, Molly, is a good one. Um, who's your, who's your favorite brother? Mine's Griffin. Sure. I don't, I don't know. They're all, they've all, they've all got their own thing. And I, I like that they're brothers. And so I feel, like, I feel like Chris would be uh, the, the fan of the juice. Okay. Fair, fair enough. I don't know what that means, like, but you're uh, Ju- Justin. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, I like, I like the guy that goes uh big dog roof roof. When he introduces himself, that's like the, my kind of dumb humor, you know, uh, the, the middle is brother Travis. Macaroni. Yeah. Oh. Travis is right. It's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I listen to that a lot, uh, which I really like. And then another one, um, because my family really likes the, um, that horror podcast, really famous, the Magnus archives. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to that one, but I listen to stellar firma, which is a comedy podcast. They put out of also two brothers. I believe they're brothers that do, uh, improvisations on, on planet building. So it took me a minute to realize what was going on after the first episode. I was left a little confused, but once you get to the premise of the show and it's kind of the same thing over and over again, it's uh, it was really, really hilarious and a show that I really liked and made me laugh. So those are my podcasts. Chris only listens to sibling based uh, comedy. Uh, Chris, uh, you know, five years ago would have really recommended the Sklar brothers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They used to have, they used to have a, uh, a show called the cheap seats and they have a podcast. I don't know if it's still out, but they used to talk sports and they used to have a YouTube show, but yeah. Yeah. I do also listen religiously to the always Sunny podcast. But mm-hmm. I watch it, so I never think that it's a podcast. Sure, sure. It's kind of weird. Like if you like our video podcasts, I kind of don't think of as podcasts as much. Mm-hmm. It's got a video element. Podcast, I think purely like I always think like I'm in the gym listening to Patrick Chapin and Mike Flores tell me about twenty million decks I'm never going to build, sure. right? Uh, or you know, I'm listening to like James Janice and his wife talk about like horror movies that I've never seen, right? Yeah. Like and I think it's, that's kind of the thing for me too. Is my my commute really like shortened, and I'm working from home a lot more. So I really transitioned from watching from listening to podcasts to just like watching long form YouTube stuff instead. Right. Uh, which of course I have way too many like hour long YouTube video rabbit holes yeah. that I've gone yeah. on. And then of course we got to shout out because I like praising people when they do a good job. Right. Yeah. Work. Uh, drive to work podcast is incredible. Every time I've listened to sure. it. Absolutely wonderful, Mark Rosewater. It's incredible. Drive to my spare bedroom. Yeah, now like yeah, then when he does it live, yeah, and brings the car seat to the convention center to do the live drive to work podcast from mm-hmm. his car seat to make it authentic, amazing. Such a great bit, and the insight in those podcasts is uh, really good. Yeah, uh, I don't listen like consistently, but I will always like. When people tell me there was a really good episode, I'll listen, and uh, I'm always happy to hear. Yeah. Uh, a, a, another good podcast I kind of like check in and out of every now and then is Fraudsters. It's a Spotify exclusive. They oh, just kind oh, of 
they just kind of go through just like scam artists and stuff like that. And they just do like different theme seasons and things like that. So that's a, that's a good one. They're like 30, 40 minute episodes and they kind of break, break stuff up. Um, if you want a really good, just kind of self-contained podcast, that's just like a single season. Cause it's like, uh, it's an Australian sh- podcast that was just like a, kind of like a radio show that they did, they did for like a few weeks. It's called Finding Drago. Nice. Uh, or Finding Drago, actually, Finding Drago. And it's about just like this, this mysterious book that's like a sequel to Rocky Four. Oh. Pre-Creed. Uh, just about like what happened to Drago after losing, what happened to Drago after he lost. Oh my God. And it's just like them trying to find who wrote this book. And I got to end on my favorite podcast of all time. It's this really obscure one. Uh, they talk a lot about, uh, like, you know, Donald Duck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, you know, his jacket. Sure. He wears yeah. a jacket. Yeah. Or a vest. Some, some may call it a vest, right? Some may call it a vest. Yeah. It's, yeah, a, it's a sailor it's, shirt. It's three guys just having fun. And every week they get together and they talk about uh, Donald Duck's vest. Yeah. <laughs> Chris has seen it. You missed the level. You missed the Disney level. You missed the you missed the oh, hey, you heard missed, of Disney. You I heard of Donald Duck. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you one podcast I don't listen to. And that's the Playing Arena podcast. They know what they did. <laughs> Shots fired. All right, well that that'll do it for everyone this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh always a blast. Uh share what other content creators you enjoy magic wise. Yeah. Uh we always love plugging people. Of course, you know, like I said, I don't watch a lot of magic content right now, but I sure heck uh keep up with everyone. So uh we always want all of our friends to succeed. So I uh, used to have a favorite YouTube show. There was a YouTube show um ran by a guy that I knew that was just really good, but it's long gone at this point. So all right. Where can they find on the socials? Hey, you can find me on Twitter if you so choose at it's underscore Christmas and Christmas has no T. You can find me on Twitter and you should choose and under at also Steve. Uh, also at uh, the Island Resolves. Uh, no. You can find me on Twitter at Crew3Podcast and also running our YouTube page where I'm trying to upload our weekly video version of the podcast and trying to get some extra content out on there at least once a week. So uh, we got to look out for that, and that's uh, Crew3MTG over there. And, of course, you can also find Ricky streaming about once a week over on our Twitch page at Crew3MTG over there. Uh, So, yeah, so that'll do it. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.